Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. I'm Jimmy Bratcher, and I'm glad that you've taken the time to stop by. Nothing like a little rock and roll to get you going first thing on a Sunday morning. That's the song Happy on the countdown there from uh, my album Red. So if you want to go listen to that, I think there's a link maybe. Well, there's not on this one because I'm pre-recording this. But you can go to Spotify, and there is a playlist on there that says here let me pull it up that way i'll know exactly what it says it says jimmy bratcher dash the complete playlist and there you will find let me tell you how many of them there is uh there you will find let's see there's 124 songs eight hours and six minutes of jimmy bratcher that's like a bunch of me but if you're interested in the music, you can go there and get it. Well, I am excited today to share with you a message. We've been talking about aged relevance, and so we're going to continue that with a message here in a little bit. But first thing, I just wanted to throw this song at you. I haven't played this song in a while on here, but uh, it's a song that I wrote out of Matthew chapter 6. It was on my secretly famous album. In Matthew 6, Jesus is talking and he says, Which of you by worry can add anything to your life? And it's such a principle that I have to remind myself of constantly that if I find myself worrying that I got to get that stuff out of here, throw it out. You know, Sherry, when the kids were, kids were growing up uh, and they were being, you know, they had a bad attitude. She would, she would tell him, she said, grab a devil by the nap of the neck and take him over to the door and throw him out. And so we got to do that too. When we have a bad attitude, we need to take our flesh, not the devil. We need to take our flesh, well, we need to throw him, throw him out anyway, but we need to take our flesh by the nap of the neck and take it to the door and say, get out. If you come to my house sometime, that's my uh, that's my exit greeting to people that come over. I'll open up the door and say, get out. No, I'm kidding. No, actually, I do that. But, but anyway, this song is called Check Your Blues at the Door. Anyway, all we got to know is 
check your blues at the door you have a choice to make and so you can you can define that boundary where you say okay I'm gonna leave my blues out here leaving my bags out on the front porch tonight today this morning we're checking our blues at the door well, as I mentioned I'm pre-recording this because Sherry and I are this morning at Cornerstone Church in Blue Springs Missouri and uh, they do have a live stream, and, uh, and the services are at 9 and 11 Central Time. But I will just warn you, if you want to watch the stream, that I will be sharing a message you've already heard on age relevance. And so you might not want to do that. I am excited about some things that are going on. Uh, Sherry is writing a book uh, based on, it's a devotional, 52 um, you know, one-year devotional, 52 uh, sessions, one a week, based, based on her blog, which is called God is So For You. It's ridiculous. Super excited about that. I'm working on two books right now. I have a book that I'm working on called What is Man? And then I have been encouraged by my friend Mark Mason, who is a slacker, um, to write a book on aged relevance. So I'm going to do that as well. I'm working on a new album. Got some songs right here that I've written and my friend Eric Stark has sent me that he's written and that we're working on together. So that's coming up. Uh, we have all kinds of uh, travel dates coming up. We are in Green Bay the weekend of Thanksgiving weekend. Um, have next weekend home. Hallelujah. I'm kind of kind of got COVID made me get used to staying home. Then December 1st, we're at Harmony Vineyard in Kansas City. December 11th, we're at Knuckleheads in Kansas City. December 19th, which is mine and Sherry's anniversary, we are 
in Ellsworth Correctional Center. I'm trying to pull up my calendar here so I can tell you all the rest of it. Uh, and then in January, we're going to start the year at on the 23rd of January. We'll be in at Lake Haven Church in Eustis, Florida. Oh, well, well, I have to go to Florida in January. And then uh, we're going to be hanging out, celebrating our anniversary that week. And then on the 30th, I will be in, uh, we will be in Noonan, Georgia at Forward Church with our friends Clint and Sarah Byers. And then on February 4th, I'll be at Cape Girardeau, Missouri with our friends Gary and Rose Brothers at Cape First. And I'll be doing, I'll be part of a men's event there and we'll be hanging out for Sunday. And then on February the 8th and 9th, we will be in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Oh, wow, we had to go back to the beach. And I'll be uh, attending, a, Sherry and I will be attending a conference there. And then hopefully we'll be home to watch the Chiefs make the greatest comeback in history and win the Super Bowl on February 13th. Come on, let's have a shout out for all the Chiefs fans. All right, meanwhile, back in the spirit. I've been talking, we've been sharing a few messages that I've called aged relevance, and I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from it. And it really comes down to, you know, everything that I've shared. I've shared some, just some practical insights into things that we can do as we age to make sure that we have consistent value for people and that we don't turn into grumpy old people. Because ain't nobody likes being around a grumpy old person. And so I hope that you've taken it to heart. If you haven't caught those other messages, just go back a few and uh, here on YouTube and on Facebook. And just so, by the way, just a note, we did start streaming to the Connect Ministries page. So if you're on, on that page, shout out to y'all. So anyway, but today I wanted to talk, kind of culminate, bring all this stuff together and talk about confidence. Because after all, that's the real, that's a real key factor in every area of our life, but especially in overcoming the unbelief that surrounds aging. And really in anything that we do, we have to have a firm grasp on confidence and one of my favorite passages of scripture on confidence is Hebrews 10.35. And, and I'm reading out of the, new, the NIV. So it says this, Hebrews 10.35. So don't throw away your confidence, which will be richly rewarded. So here, you know, the Bible tells us, first of all, that as it is consistently telling us, we have authority. And we specifically have authority with our confidence because we can hang on to it or we can throw it away. We can retain it unto ourselves and we can keep it or we can cast it. You know, that's what King James says. Do not cast away your confidence. So don't throw it away because it has, it will be richly rewarded. I think King James says, uh, don't cast away your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. So confidence, what's just confidence? You know, confidence in what? Well, obviously, our confidence has to be in the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, 
Blessed is the one who trusts the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Jeremiah 17, 7. And we have to have this firm confidence that, you know, God never fails and that he never quits and that he is always good, that he does not deviate in how he feels about us. My phone was going off. I just got a text. But there is the aspect of some things that he did wire in us, and that is self-confidence. We have to also have self-confidence. And, and my friend, uh, Dr. Jim Richards, taught me this, that self-confidence comes from completing tasks. And I, that, that was revolutionary for me in my heart because when I heard that, I thought, that's why I feel good when I actually get something done. And it's just that simple. I mean, if you want to feel good about yourself and some things, then go finish some things. You know, I got all kinds of projects laying around here that I need to finish. You know, like I've got, I've got a really cool guitar over here on the shelf that has been in my family since the 1920s that is uh, considered to be a, a Hawaiian guitar. And so it's like a lap guitar. And I want to learn how to play it. I've played it on some albums and some other things, but I want to really learn how to play it. And so it would make me feel wonderful to actually accomplish that task. And so, you know, even just starting your day with having a goal in mind of some things to finish. That's, that's such a huge, huge thing. And then as you, you know, it's like I like to pick out things that, are, that I know I can ace, you know, that I know I'm going to be able to actually finish and do those first because of what it does to me emotionally. It builds that confidence. So now that I've done these easy things, then I can start doing some difficult things. He, or Ephesians 3.12 says, In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So that just clears the air of all the religious stuff that we put on ourselves and that the systems of this world, be that culturally, politically, religiously, tries to throw on us to undermine our confidence. If there was ever a time in my life where I have seen a great need for confident people to arise and to speak their confidence into the culture, into the world, it is right now. I mean, we have, you know, the Bible tells us that we're not to have any confidence in the flesh, and we also know through, histor through history that putting our confidence in government is like, really, it never works. And we've got, we've got monumental years of historic data that we can go back and look at and see all of the atrocities that governments have created for people. Now, we do hope that we can, and we have had a political system that has been constantly progressing, made huge mistakes, 
but we have made some great bounds and we don't want to give up on that. But we have to have free, we have confidence, faith in God that we can approach him with freedom and confidence. Freedom because of what Jesus did and confidence because he lives in our heart, which cleared everything out of the way so that we can approach God. That is so incredible. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, I'm reading out of the, new, or out of the NIV. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. And I had never read that in that version before. You know, I'm used to the King James Version. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And in the NIV, they replace substance with confidence. And I like that. I mean, I have to admit, I like that translation. Now faith is confidence that as we believe as we believe, believe what? Believe the word of God, then it creates this confidence in us and it and it is substantial confidence in what we hope for. And what do we hope for? Well, some people hope for all kinds of crazy stuff, but we need to reel that back in and our hope and confidence is in the word of God and the promises of God. And, you know, our faith is in what? Our faith has to be fixed on one thing and one thing alone. The accomplishments of Jesus through his life in demonstrating the reality of what a human being, a new creation person actually looks and acts like. So his life in his death, all that was accomplished by him becoming a sacrifice for our sins, taking our sins upon himself, and there appeasing all of the divine justice that needed to be appeased, eliminating the mistakes that mankind had made. And number three, in his resurrection. So our faith has to be, you know, all that he accomplished by overcoming every enemy that we have and would ever face. Jesus did it. So our faith has to be in him. And that's why I've harped on let's stay focused for the last year and a half. Let's don't get distracted and turn our faith away or, or allow an opportunity for unbelief to cause unsteadiness, unstate, instability in our lives. We have to stay focused and our faith focused in the, the life death, and resurrection of Jesus. Only. Can't go anywhere else. And a lot of people I see, I mean, we need to have a voice of protest about the evil and unrighteousness that we see in our systems, but it needs to be kept in check and in the arena where it belongs. In this arena, the public arena, I need to have a clear focus on the things of God. Because if not, you know, I look at it like this. Here in America, we have right and left. We have Republicans and Democrats. And so if I take a side with one of those or the other, then I just alienated the other side. 
And I can't do that because Jesus came to die once for all. The Father is not willing that any should perish. So I am very careful personally in what I put out publicly so that I don't alienate my friends that don't believe like I believe. And if you don't have friends that don't believe like you believe, then you need to go back to my uh, to my aged relevance here. I'll, I'll find it. And you need to look at uh, number nine, people who are relevant connect with others. In order to do this, you must be intentional. But we can't connect with others if we're alienating others because of our public rhetoric. And so that's why I have, for, you know, since I started streaming back in March of 2020, I have constantly had this message. We got to stay focused. We got to keep our eyes on Jesus. We can't be distracted by the things that are going on around us. So we have to have that faith. Let me read Hebrews 11, 1 again out of the New Living Translation, just because it's so cool. And now faith is confidence. I, I love, I just like stop there. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I think the Amplified says that it is the title deed. And you know, you get a title, a deed, when you've purchased something. And our faith in what Jesus did is what gives us that title deed, that ownership to be able to experience the love of God and the promises of God. Way cool stuff right there. So Hebrews 13, 6 says, So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid of what mere mortals can do to me. Man, if we ever needed a time here in America where we have confidence and, and that we aren't afraid of what mere mortals can do to us. Yes, as we see our freedoms being eroded, we need to do what we need to do politically to stop that. Vote, write your, your elected officials. I do that. I would encourage you to do that. But here it says, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. Say no more. You know, when we need help, the Lord is our helper. He doesn't change. He's in the help business. That's why it's so important that we be in the help business, that we be using our gifts, our talents, our abilities, and help people with it. You know, I've said this for years and years because, you know, back when we were, Sherry and I were getting started, there was so much uh, emphasis put on becoming part of the fivefold ministry. I'm all for that. I think that's fantastic. And, and it was not just being part of a five, you know, being, you know, fulfilling part of a fivefold ministry office. It was doing it full time. And it was like, a carrot and stick out here that you were always kind of fine. It was always moving. You were always kind of, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do all those things. And you know how I feel about that. You know, people ask me how, when I was called into ministry and I always say, well, 
there, excuse me, there has not been a time since I received Jesus that I didn't feel called in to, to do something. That's just that simple, to do something. And I've said this forever, there's really only one ministry. And here it is. It is the ministry of helps. Because it doesn't matter if you're a, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor, or pastor, teacher, I got those mixed up. Let's don't get those out of order. Somebody might freak out. Uh, but it doesn't matter what office that you hold. Your ministry is to use that office to help people. You know, prophets prophesy. Why? To help people. Apostles do their apostle thing to help people. I'm an evangelist. I do what I do in my office to help people. And even when you don't have that title, you still can go out and help people. So we say this with confidence. The Lord is my helper. And so I'm going to stop right there and just pray, you know, that for all of us that have issues with confidence, and all of us do, whatever we face, we can face it, face it with that knowing that God is our helper, that faith is confidence, and that we have confidence in the finished work of Jesus that we're not going to be afraid of what mere mortals can do to us. Man, if, if only I could get that thing to consistently, for me, for me personally, to not get my eyes off of Jesus and get my eyes on mere mortals and start coming up in fear, you know, we, I'm, I, we just got to obliviate that out of our life. How does that work? by having our confidence fixed because it has great reward. So this week, I want you to just be meditating, focusing on, thinking about confidence. I have confidence in the Lord. Where is the Lord? He's in my heart. So wherever I go, he's there and I can be confident that he's going to help me. You know, I'm a, I don't tell many people this. I'm a high school dropout. I don't normally make that public. I quit school as soon as I turned 16 because I was going to be a rock and roll star. And here I am, 67. I haven't made it yet, but I haven't quit trying. But I don't even know. I just had a senior moment. I completely lost my thought, train of thought. But uh, well, in, in life, though, having that stigma attached to me that I didn't finish uh, school in some form or fashion, it has always been a, it always has deteriorated my confidence. And I'm speaking, you know, just truthfully. And so it, in, in everything that I've done in my life, you know, since I came to Jesus at age 22, I have had I have been able to rely on not on my own abilities, but on his abilities in me and through me. And so in everything that I've accomplished in life, I've accomplished that by faith in him and his and my confidence in his ability 
to use me and to do things through me. So in business, you know, I, I, went, I went to work in, uh, I did construction, you know, for many years, but I went to work in 1981 uh, for my friend Bob Engel, who had a business rebuilding bank microfilm equipment which I knew absolutely nothing about. I started as a janitor. And uh, I would, I then, you know, progressed throughout the company and eventually end up being a, a vice president of that company. How? I, did I have the ability? Nope. Did I have the skills? Nope. Did I have the faith? Yeah. And Bob had confidence in me. I mean, that, that was really it. He saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. He saw, and he would tell you this, he saw that I had the abilities, he, that he saw in me an executive. I don't know why. He just saw it. I mean, he maybe he had a prophetic vision, and he was helping me. There you go. But in all of those things, I remember instances, you know, I can remember the first time they sent me out on a service call to fix a piece of this equipment, I didn't even have a tool, a toolkit. So I borrowed a toolkit. They sent me to a bank in downtown Kansas City. I had to ask the person, the contact person, to show me the equipment because I didn't know what it looked like. And it didn't work. And it was my responsibility to fix it. And so I can remember going up to it and I asked the person, the contact person, I said, would you mind showing me how you turn it on? Because I didn't even know how to turn it on. And I can remember... You know, person turned it on, it didn't do anything. Is it plugged in? Yeah, it's plugged in, so it didn't do anything. So they left and, you know, left me to do my job, which I had no idea of how I was doing. And so I'm kind of looking around, and finally I just lay my hand on it and said, Lord, I need your help. <laughs> you know, I'm confident that you are my helper. I need your help. And uh, so I fiddled around, did some things, hit the switch, and it worked, and I was successful. And I found myself throughout life in situation after situation that was overwhelming, that I knew I didn't have the answer to, that I had no way of knowing what was right to correct the issue. And yet there was this trust, this confidence, this faith in the Lord is my helper. And so because of that, I was able, and, and work, you know, and things like work and showing up on time, doing all this. I was able to overcome all of those things. And I have story after story about how that I have asked the Holy Spirit, who is my helper, to enable me to be able to accomplish God's will. And so this week, I want you to think about confidence. And whenever you come up to an obstacle or obstacle, for those of you that know the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Obstacle in your life that you, before you panic and get in unbelief and say, I can't do this, just remember, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, gives me the strength, gives me the ability, and is my helper. So whatever it is, whether you're facing a situation at work, a situation with your family, whether you're facing a crisis of health, a financial crisis, or whatever it is that you have in your life, I pray that you would come back to this message and think, confidence. I have confidence in what Jesus did. I have confidence he's in my heart. 
And I have confidence that everywhere I go and everything that I touch, he is part of it. And I pray that that, that is just, for, you know, in the forefront of your thoughts, confidence. So anyway, that's what I have for you today. I will be back on Wednesday, and uh, I don't know what we're going to share. Sherry's loving this, so I kind of I listened to her because I have confidence in my wife. And so anyway, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your confidence in us, that you would entrust us with the riches of heaven, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us this week as we go about doing good, as Jesus did in healing all who are oppressed of the devil. May we have the word of the Lord in our mouth and comfort to comfort those that need it as you comfort us, Father. We bless you today and thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, right on. Adios. I'll see you later. Love y'all.